Welcome to Unity of Tucson. That song asks a very good question. <laughs> um, and ultimately the question is, who are we in this world and are we looking for salvation of some sort outside the self? Because what I recognize and know is that there is nothing from which to be saved except our own erroneous thinking which creates the construct of our life. And so if we are looking for salvation, it is not to find it out there, it is to look within ourselves. We are the ones who save ourselves. If we are looking to be the change, then we should be the change, but we can't be the change by thinking that we need to be something that is outside the self. To be the change means to really take a good look at what is happening within our own use of this infinite consciousness. And so today I want to start with this question uh, of each and every one of us. And the question is this, what is your motivation? And you can put whatever you want on the end of that. What is your motivation in life? What is your motivation in certain uh, constructs? What is your motivation in any aspect of your beingness? What is your motivation? Because today I want to take it back to what is my overarching motivation in life? And as I was putting this uh, message together today, I realized, wow, that was a question that I was asked a lot. I was asked that question a lot when I was in theater school. <laughs> and I'll tell you why that question comes up a lot in theater school, because it has nothing to do with what is your motivation in life or what is your motivation in your acting career? What is your motivation of anything? It is always what is, the, what is your motivation as the character that you're playing? And the technique that I learned initially in theater school as an actor was rooted in asking the question, what is your motivation? And finding the intentional construct of that character in that scene. What is the thing that is driving that character? So in doing a scene, we break those scenes down and we ask for every single Beat. It's called a beat. We ask for every single beat. What is your intention? What is your motivation? What is the thing that is driving you? Those intentions, those intentions were related and infused in those beats. The beats are those moment-by-moment -moment units. Each beat was there to craft the rhythm of the scene, and we can do the same thing in our life. We can find what is the motivational, intentional beat of our life. How are we crafting the rhythm of our experience of life? And we are the directors of our life, so we get to determine what the scene looks like. Now, in theater, the director gets to determine what's, what the scene looks like, but it is up to the actor to move in and say, these are the beats. And we don't, have to, we don't have to say what those beats or intentions are out loud. We just need to be living the beats so that the director has something to craft. Now, we are both actor and director in our life. Now, the... <laughs> Oftentimes what would happen in, in, in a play or a musical or whatever acting capacity I was in is this is how the director would express how they would like the beats to go. Can you just make that faster? <laughs> Directors always want things to go faster. 
but I don't need it to go faster in my life. I love relishing the experiences and the intentions and the motivations and the beats of my life. And that was the, that was the technique that I learned. And I, I, I will tell you, I actually despised being graded on my beat work. When we would do a show, when we would put together a show, when I was in university, you know, we would have to, we would have to submit our script breakdown uh, to get credit for doing the show. And we would be you know, graded upon the script breakdown. So we had to uh, go through and indicate what all of our beats were and put a, put, a, put a verb to every intention for every beat that we had to do. It was such a tedious task and I did not care for that so much. I recall that there was a script that I, uh, that I uh, there was a script in a show and in this show, I had fewer than five lines. It was an, what they call an under five role, fewer than five lines. But I was on stage for 90% of the show, being there, living the life. And in my homework for the show, I had to show beats for that, all of it, for 100% of the time I was on stage. What is my motivation, even though I don't have any dialogue to speak? What is my motivation in any given time? But I think it's a good question to ask ourselves in our life. If we are not finding ourselves with anything to say, what is our motivation in any given moment? Who are we choosing to be in any given moment? What I found in embodying that technique through, through schooling is that uh, I, I decided to let it go for a while because it felt inorganic to me. I felt that I had lost the organic nature of the characters I was playing. I did return to it when I was still working as an actor, but I, I did so in a much more organic fashion. And it wasn't that the technique was the problem. The technique is not the problem. It was my use of the technique. It was my approach to the technique that allowed it to become inorganic in my life. And this is relatable, I believe, to the way we show up in life. Are we showing up authentically or inauthentically? Because that, to me, is allowing ourselves to recognize if we are being organic or inorganic in our life. And my role in life is to be the most authentic me I can be. And so what is the technique that I use to approach that and experience that and express that? Well, here's the thing, it can be anything, because technique is anything that works. Now, the method of my acting has been translated to my life in ministry. I deepen into the sense of the beats of any circumstance. I deepen into the sense of the beats of any circumstance as I'm living my experience of life. What is the beat that I'm experiencing right in this moment? And perhaps it's a question that you can ask of yourself as you sit here and you watch this video. What is the beat that you are experiencing? What is your motivation? What is your intention? Who are you in this moment? There are many similarities between ministry and theater. There are many similarities between living a spiritual life and theater. And I think that's why, I, it has been my experience that there are many, many theater people, in, at least in my circles, who have all stepped into ministry. One of the primary similarities is that um, in both ministry and theater, there is a necessity to observe and to 
work to understand human behavior. The difference is, in acting, we are doing it to create a character that we put on like a mask. And in ministry, we do it to observe our own character, thereby allowing ourselves to take the masks off. And we are encouraging everyone in our sphere to take those masks off and live the most authentic life rooted in this paradigm. We are that which is. The infinite nature of life is consistent, constructive flow. We are the very life force experiencing life as itself, through us, as us. There's absolutely no separation. So we take those masks off to become more authentic in our expression of life. Life gets so much better, so much better, when we have the willingness to question ourselves about ourselves. And so spiritual practice can show up and look like anything. It can look like acting technique. It can look like prayer. It can look like meditation. It can look like riding your bicycle on the loop. It can look like anything. It is how you understand your connection to the whole that allows it to be spiritual practice or something else. So maybe today, as we live our life of motivation, as we begin to observe the beats and the intentions of our life, we decide collectively that our intentions are rooted more in living as spirit, actively, not tacitly, allowing ourselves to show up in alignment with the good and let go of anything that no longer serves. So in the willingness to question ourselves about ourselves and allowing ourselves to, de to develop a technique, it made me think that I, <laughs> many years ago, and maybe I'll do this again, many years ago, I created a 10-week workshop. And in that workshop, I brought to a spiritual community the acting techniques that I had learned and incorporated to create a character, and I brought those techniques to, this, to the people in that workshop, and the whole point and purpose was to discover the inner truth of themselves by applying this very work, this beat work, this motivation work, this intention work, from a theatrical point of view, to the self, to see how we are showing up in the world. One of the questions that inevitably came up and that I would eventually ask is, as you do this work, as you engage in this work of really exploring the truth of your being, because beat work is not intellectual, although it starts off intellectual, just like spiritual understanding starts off as an intellectual practice. It is when we root into the soul that it becomes part of our beingness. And so, as we utilize those techniques of acting to find the truth of ourselves, the question that came up was, do you like what you see? And I ask myself this question still, do I like 
what I see? Do I like the beats that I am playing in my life? Do I like the intentions that I'm moving forward with in my life? Do I like the way I am motivating myself through this thing called life? Because here's the thing, in rehearsal, those beats can be changed, but in life, you're living them. You're living those beats all the time. You're in the constant state of creating the character of your beingness at all times. So do you like what you see? Those beats, many of them, are rooted in habit. The beats that we play out in our life are rooted in habit. And, they, and, and, and the habits we develop can both serve the expression and experience of our life, or they can be detrimental to the experience and the expression of our life. At the root of all habit, though, is one thing, and that is the desire to express life. That is, that is, the, that is, the, super, that is the super intention, the desire to express life. And isn't that the nature of God? If God, I'm gonna personify and, and, and uh, I'm gonna personify God as though it is something, some being uh, out there. But if God has a desire, its only desire is to express life. But that is who and what we are. So the core of our motivation is one thing and one thing only, the desire to express life. And everything that shows up is in alignment with that, no matter what it looks like. We are always looking to express life. So our work is to be both the actor and the director of our lives. The spirit of creation is the motivation. And so let us commit to creating better lives. The path to changing our life for the better is rooted in releasing those things which do not serve our highest purpose, which is to be, to be love, to be light, to be life. That's why we keep coming back to those principles. We are always looking to be more than we were yesterday. At least that's what motivates me. I am looking to be more expressive as this divine source, more so than ever before. It takes work. It does take work. But the benefit of that work ultimately is a renewal of our expression of being. Taking time to look at the beats of our lives, taking time to acknowledge the intentions and the motivations of our lives means that we make choices. And that, as I've said these, this, this whole month, choice is the ultimate freedom. We live lives of choice. And so we are infinitely free by knowing and accepting that we are living magnificent lives of choice. Just as actors make choices, our work is to make choices in our life. And just like in acting, any choice we make that doesn't serve our primary intention can be changed. Any of it can be changed. Here are five steps to immediate change. One, 
Throw away any of those thoughts, those beliefs, those motivations, those beats that do not serve. If something doesn't serve you, let it go. Do not let it go and think, hmm, maybe I can pick that up later. Just let it go. Here are some things to throw out. Lack, limitation, doubt, worry, and fear. Those things do not serve your highest purpose. Those things must be thrown out, and it is up to you to do that actively, to say, I recognize the beat of my life right here and right now may be rooted in a limited idea of who I am. I am willing to let that go and step into the higher understanding of who I am, which is the unlimited, because I am that which is. Another thing that you can do is to give things away. (laughs) You can give things away. These are things which are useful and can be shared with the world. Giving these things away opens you up for receiving more. It allows us to be infinitely available to the expression of our divinity. And you know what I have discovered is that I can never outgive God. I can never outgive the infinite because I am the infinite. So here are some things to give away. Give away your love. Give away your light. Give away life. Give away peace. Give away power. Give away beauty and give away joy. Know that you are welcoming the perfect, perfect receiving space for those things to be reflected back to you because that is the nature of God, to be an infinite circulation. There are things which you may keep but store. Maybe you don't need these things daily. Now, it is up to you to determine what these are. You can keep them, store them away. What works for you from your past? Because, you know, we do teach a principle in this idea that there is absolutely nothing from our past which has any bearing on who we are in the here and now moment except to the degree that we allow it. And so there are good things within that and there are not so good things within that. What are the things that you maybe are not willing to throw away but work for you from your past which you can apply to your present. Allow yourself to keep them but store them until they are absolutely necessary. If you do decide to do that, make sure that that thing from the past works for you. That is, a root, that, 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 that is rooted in allowing ourselves to redefine the habits that we are holding on to. Uh, The fourth thing here is to say, I see what this is, I'm not sure what to do with it. (laughs) And that's okay too. We don't always have to have the answers right in that exact moment, but have the willingness to say, you know what, I'm not sure, I'm going to set it aside, and here's what I love to do. Set it aside and wait to see if you pick it up again. And if you do not pick it up again, let it go permanently. If you do pick it up again, then recognize the benefit that it has in your life. Our work is to redefine our minds and to transform our lives. But no one, absolutely no one can do it for us. It requires making decisions. It requires making decisions. Do not forsake your freedom to decide because the capacity to decide who you will be and how you will express and how you will show up in this world, it is a gift. And if you think you can't decide, here's the final tool. This is the fifth tool. 
I mentioned it in, uh, in a mindful moment this past week. Allow yourself to say with conviction what it is you need to say and end it with something along the lines of the way we end our prayers. And so it is, amen. But you know what a really favorite one of mine is? No matter what. As you make statements, as you find things in your life, allow yourself to look at that and let every statement be completed with no matter what and see if you are in alignment with it. How do you know if you are in alignment with it? How does it feel? That's the question. As you make a statement about the expression of your life and you say, no matter what, (sighs) turn the attention inward and say, how does it feel? If it feels good, then proceed. And if it does not feel good, change your mind. Utilize this infinite freedom that you have to change your mind and actually change your mind. You are not relegated by limitation. Spend less time trying to manipulate and change the conditions of the world and spend more time being renewed in your own mind and trust that whatever flows forth is perfect spiritual evolution that is working for you. And trust and know that as you do this, as you spend more time being renewed in your mind, know that you precipitate your own transformation in this thing called life. And that is something to celebrate today. That is something to shout out to the world. And that is something to share with everyone. And so if you're ready to stand up and step out, say yes, yes, yes. It is so. And so it is. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.